Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. and welcome back to Just Films and That, the podcast where we discuss films that we feel may be underrated, underappreciated, or we just wanted to talk about them. Uh, You may have seen from our social media, but Adam and Al have moved on to other projects, so uh, do make sure you check out their social media for any updates. However, I am very excited to welcome my new co-host. We have heard from her before, uh, and she, uh, she enjoyed it so much she only bloody came back permanently, and now I can't get rid of her, so... Alice Oliver, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Josh. And yourself? I'm very good. Excited to have you aboard. I'm thrilled to be here. Not only am I excited to announce the arrival of Alice, but I'm also very excited to tell you that we will now be running the episodes weekly um, instead of as a series. The format won't change. We're still going to be talking all things underrated films, only now it's going to be shorter and more often. Um, We're still hoping to have some great guests on, as we already have had. Uh, we're also hoping to get stuck into some uh, classic films as well that uh, one of us might not have seen, um, just to kind of keep the well from drying up. There's only so many underrated films in the world. Having said that, we'd also like to hear from you. Um, so do give us a bell. Uh, it's films in that pod at gmail.com if you have a suggestion, and we will um, we will cover them. So, well, depending on what you suggest. Yeah, if they're <laughs> but, shit films, don't bother. Yeah, don't, don't suggest any old shit. All right. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, without further ado, let's crack on. Alice, we do usually do a random question at this point. Since it's the first episode, since we're getting to know you, um, we know you love Keanu Reeves. Mm-mm-mm. Keanu. He's my man. But uh, tell us a little bit more about your relationship with film. So when I was very, very young, I thought I wanted to be an actor. I was like, I'm, I was about three years old watching Coronation Street and I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to be an actor. And then as I got a bit older, started doing a bit more kind of behind the scenes stuff. Started, you know, doing more directing, more writing, being on the camera, behind the camera. I found that just much more fascinating and much more engaging. So I sort of started veering down that route, studied film at university down in Southampton, which was a fantastic experience. Did TV production, MA at Chester somewhat. And just, well, now that I work in television as well, so I've kind of, it's always 
been there for me. It's always been a particular interest. Just what's on screen and performances in general, whether it's music, video, film, television. Um, so I'm really excited about this opportunity to get to say what I think about a bunch of films. So yeah, <laughs> so you've gone from wanting to be in front of the camera to being behind the camera to now being behind a microphone talking about being behind the camera. Absolutely. I'm a woman of many talents. Uh, someone once <laughs> said to me um, that they saw me as being someone from behind the camera, not in front of it, because I also wanted to be an actor for a bit. And what I think they were saying was, you're not good looking enough or tall enough Ouch. to be an actor. <laughs> but anyway, I took it as it was meant, which was that I was ugly and short. <laughs> <laughs> So I have picked the first film of the new continuous series, if you will. Um, I've went with The Mask of Zorro, which is from 98 or 99, I think. Um, if you haven't seen it, obviously, spoiler for that one. Um, little kind of synopsis for you. Antonio Banderas plays a young thief who is seeking revenge for the death of his brother. And in doing so, is kind of trained and meets an older... Zorro, played by Anthony Hopkins. He trains him to be the new Zorro. Lots of swashbuckling in shoes. That's uh, basically the story. Um, Alice, had you seen this one before? I hadn't seen this you one You hadn't before. seen this before? No, I hadn't. That surprises me. Oh, really? It's a big film. Big film. I... However, one of the reasons I did pick it is because I do think it probably is slightly underseen. Mm -hmm. The other reason, the main reason I picked this is because I, I think it is a... And I'm hoping you don't like pissing my chips now. <laughs> but I think it is kind of the perfect old school swashbuckling cinema blockbuster type thing. And I think it's kind of forgotten because after it almost in the years after it came like The Mummy and that was all about the special effects. It was huge. And then you had like Pirates of the Caribbean and then we get started to catch ourselves up then. But I think it's kind of forgotten. But I think it's like a really old school, great stunts, great action Old school blockbuster. Um, it's also the only film that I have not finished in the cinema. What, did you leave the cinema? I left the cinema because I went to see it when it came out. When I was, and it's a PG, but I left it. I went to see it with my grandparents when I was, well, however old I was, eight or nine. And the bit where, spoilers, he cuts his brother's head off and then it's in the bag on the side of the horse. But for some reason, absolutely shit me up. Oh, no, really? And my really? grandparents took me out. Oh, and I think I think, it, I think it was like hyper on sugar and hyper on going to the cinema. Maybe. And, and then you're in a dark room and yeah, you've got to sit still. And, and, and I just, so I've never, never finished this in the cinema, so I had unfinished business with this film. Oh, okay. So was this... Was this like your first rewatch since that time? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, right. So okay. I, I, it's, it's a film I really love. Mm. And I thought because it's a new series, I'd start off with something that's kind of lighthearted, breezy, mm. and that I was very fond of. It's funny that you say lighthearted and breezy, though, because some of the violence in it is, mm -hmm. I mean, it's spectacular. Some of the stunts, like you say, like it's really pantomime-esque and, and kind of like with old hints of Western and obviously swashbuckling, like you say. But yes, I, I thought the stunts and some of the action scenes really, really stood out. Very impressive. I, th I think so. I think the particular standout is obviously the sword fighting is great. And the um, there's chase on the horses. 
Oh, the horse. So there were a lot of horses in this yeah. film. A lot of horses. I was only saying to someone the other day, I can't believe that, and, and I'm fairly certain this is right, but there was a bit where he's riding two horses. Yes. Stood on them. Yes. With one leg on each horse. Yes. And Remarkable. he jumps over a log and lands on the horses. I'm fairly certain that someone did that. I think so, because it's clearly not Antonio Banderas. It is clearly a stunt double. Yeah. You can see it in his and face. It, and to be fair to him, it is one of the only times when it is clearly a stunt double. Because he did want to do a lot of his he own did stunts. But... They're so dangerous. It, like, a lot can't, of time. Can't imagine a, a studio ever letting... That's how when Tom Cruise wants to do his own stunts. It's like, no, you yeah. can't. You're too valuable. You're the star. Yeah, you're literally the reason people are going to watch this. Yeah, you like, cannot if, smash like, your face like, in. Imagine being the producer. Antonio came to see me today. Come in, sit down. Um, I've read your, I've read your memo, Antonio, um, about wanting to do the stunts. Absolutely not. No, no like, No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Paid you 15 million quid for this, sunshine. Yeah. Uh, there's no way you're jumping. But no, so what did you think? So, I, you know what? I had a good time. It was enjoyable. Exactly. It was... So the costumes were great. The setting was good. Antonio Banderas is wonderful. Anthony nice. Hopkins. What oh, a treat. So I didn't know... two Tonys. Know, I didn't know he was in it. Because I, I thought I thought it was a very um, Antonio Banderas-centric film. Like So I didn't really have much knowledge of it, I suppose. I knew it was The Mask of Zorro. I had a very vague idea of what that meant and who Zorro was. And so I thought it was just his story. But it's actually really... Anthony Hopkins's story. Yeah, really, and it he's is. He's yeah. so brilliant in it. Like, really kind of serious, but brings some humor to it as well. And just very, like, prominent stance on him. He's often got his foot on something, like a box or a rock. So mm. he's sort of like, um, like towering above everyone else, or like he's got a cigar or what could be a spliff. I can't really tell, often hanging <laughs> out knows? his hand. He can do what he wants. Or a drink. Like, just like super casual, but like super powerful at the same time. Yeah, he is brilliant in it. And he's in it just as much, if not, maybe not more. Equally, he's equal for it. It's a story, a story of two Zoras, him and Catherine Dieter Jones, two Welshies. Oh, Andy Hopkins, sorry, yeah. Andy I Hopkins. was like, I thought, I thought you, I, my brain processed that as Antonio Banderas and like, yeah, no, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> and, Andy Hopkins, Catherine Zeta Jones, father and yeah. daughter, two Welshies. Yeah, did yeah. Did that for you? Yeah, brilliant. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, um, I do. I think it's brilliant. I think it's probably old, old school swash. But like the action scenes are great, and there is, it's it's quite long. It's probably like two hours and twenty something like that. And and there's there is kind of nonstop action throughout of it. I think it does that thing which a lot of blockbusters do really well, which is it's funny mm-hmm. in moments. Like there's a lot of kind of within the swashbuckling. There's a lot of slapstick of like. So Zorro has that thing, which is he's obviously a character from the. 30s or 20s when silent cinema was around and Zorro was always smiling. So if you look in the film, they pay homage to that by having whoever is Zorro at the time, whether it be Anthony Hopkins in the early stages of the film and Neil Banderas in the later stages of the film, always smiling. Mm. He's literally like, he's always cheeky. He's always like slapping a guy on the ass with a sword instead of stabbing him. And I love that. It's kind of, like you say, it is quite violent in places. However, a lot of it is cartoony, cheeky stunts. And I really like that. You know, there's, like you say, slapstick. There's bits where he, you know, tries to jump from the roof onto his horse and misses. And I know it's daft. I know it's childish. But I think those beats keep blockbusters light and breezy. And that's what I want from a film. That's what I want from a film like this. It's it's entertainment. It's escapist. And that's what this is. I think blockbusters these days, a lot of them can be almost a little too intelligent. For example, I watched Interstellar the other day, mm-hmm. and it's a very 
it's a huge achievement by way of filmmaking and what it does. The score, the you know, the the subject matter it deals with. Have you seen Interstellar? Yeah, I love it, love it. But I do think I don't know if everyone, every movie going person, would go in and come out of Interstellar feeling a satisfied and b entertained and also have a complete grasp of what's going on. And I'm not saying people are stupid, but I think that there's a lot to be said for just entertaining an audience. Mm -hmm. But interesting though, because obviously there is like this slapstick and comedic element, but the backdrop is very serious. And what's going on is very serious. This, this fight for an independent state of California. Is, is that historically accurate? Is, uh, so is what's I believe, I don't, I don't know 100%. But yes, California, that side of it. So Santa Ana, the general they're talking about, is a real person. Mm-hmm. Zorro and Harrison Love are based... Harrison Love is the younger bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harrison Love was a real person. And the guy who it was... Zorro is, Zorro, Zorro is meant to be a real person. So it's meant to be someone called Joaquin Morietta, I believe. And Joaquin Morietta is his brother. So they're called Alejandro and Joaquin Morietta mm-hmm. in the film. So I believe that's... I don't think it was like it is in the film. No, but like loose elements. Loose, but loosely yeah, it's yeah. based on a bandit who would like help people out and would fight for what he perceived as right. So, But the political backdrop of the, the battle for kind of between Spain and America and Mexico and all, I, I, I think that is probably takes some liberties. Mm. But I think the idea of California being independent is something that has gone on back in the day when yeah. America was a very young country. Because I also believe that some mad statistic, like if California was a country it'd be like still the fifth richest country in the world. Yeah. It's something Self, crazy. Self-sustaining, yeah. It's pure fairy tale escapism, right down to the almost pantomime villains. Like, the, the two villains in it, because I like that they mirror Zorro and the, the two Zorros. So there's an older villain who is Anthony Hopkins's villain and a younger villain who is Antonio Banderas's. Uh, villain, but they are so like mustache twirlingly mm-hmm. evil to the point of like locking children up to dig for gold for free. And oh, and there's a brilliant moment. Sorry to interrupt you, but where so they've got the guy's head, his brother's head, haven't they? Yeah. And it's in a jar, and it's, it's on a pickled, table, yeah. and it's pickled, yeah. and he drinks some of the head water. Yeah. It's I was crazy. like, baller. That is one of the sickest and then things. Ma- I've and seen. His mate, it's mate's hand. Yeah, as well as yeah, three, yeah. three finger mate's hand. But no, I like. I mean, I know. I know it's daft, and I know that in this day and age we kind of have a post nine eleven realistic. Everyone is everyone is kind of a rip off of the Joker, and they're all anarchic terrorists who believe in nothing and have no. But I just like that they just want money, mm-hmm. and they're just it's just it's just old school. You don't have to think about what they're doing. You just know they're evil because they're very mustache twirling. <laughs> I hate you, Zorro. Some of the lines it is so cheesy. It's yeah. actually written by the same two guys, I believe, who wrote um, Pirates of the Caribbean, the okay. first one, I think, or maybe all of them. But either way, but you, I think you can tell that kind of the, the you know, it's just one man. It's not one man. Damn it! It's Zorro. It's yeah. like it's so cheesy, but I don't care because <laughs> I'm there for the ride. Yeah, and it is a ride as well. It's non-stop. a proper ride. Yeah, yeah. Music's great as well. Like, it's, I think it's James Horner, who's obviously sadly, who sadly died quite too young. But I think the kind of, I, I like the setting of it. It looks like, again, some modern blockbusters. 
don't look like they're set in a real place. Mm -hmm. Like everything is green screen. Whereas this is very based in, you know, I know it's set in California, but you know, you've got the kind of very Spanishy feel to it. Everything is, you know, it's baking hot sun and and lush green trees and on the all these huge hacienda houses that look amazing with fresh flowers and melted candles and everyone's drinking little things of port and and I just think the music adds to that the kind of trumpets and the brass and the the guitars I just think it really creates a world that sucks you in entertains you and leaves you feeling satisfied it's like a good meal yeah yeah I definitely felt that as well because you do get a lot from it in in that space of time for the you know two plus hours that you've got um Catherine Zeta-Jones I th I think something that goes undersaid about this film is that she is, first of all, she's brilliant in it because she's brilliant in most things, but also at no point really to my memory is she, is she like a damsel in distress type character. She's like a love interest who also does kick a bit of arse. Yeah, no, yeah, I'll give you that. The not, yeah, she isn't a damsel in distress because they have that fight that kind of very, they, there's a lot of erotic fighting between her there and Zorro there. There is a lot of, it's, it, it's like it's like shag fighting, isn't it? Yeah, it's like yeah. rolling in the hay, phallic, like... yeah, yeah. And he, you know, gets his sword and swipes her, and her clothes fall off. And like, oh! But when they, so when she's first introduced to Zorro, young Zorro, Antonio Banderas Zorro, so she sees him for the first time, and literally as soon as she sees him, like you can see her get wet. Like she's just like, <laughs> just immediately, no substance. She hasn't yeah. spoken to yeah, him. She just sees him. And it's like. Oh, and she's like she can barely speak, and that was a bit. I thought, oh yeah, it's kind of the yeah. standard female role in these films. I know what you mean there. So I wanted to ask you about that. First of all, that's a great way of putting it, and that's not any way I it's, would. Think. It's just how I thought when because it's she doesn't say anything, she doesn't make a noise. You just kind of Proper see this weakness in her herself. Yeah. yeah, but it's a great. I mean, it's a great moment by I mean, Catherine Zeta Jones. I can't blame her. He's a sexy. He's a sexy piece hey, of ass in this film. Listen, I wouldn't say no. You wouldn't kick him out of bed for farting. Absolutely not. Love a bit of Antonio. <laughs> but I was watching this with my other half, and I was just, it finished, and I was just saying to her, oh, I just, just love it. I just think it's brilliant. And I, all the stuff I've just said, and I said, and she said, yeah. And I said, I can't really think of anything I don't like. Because I, I know we like to be balanced and not try and say anything that we might have talked about how a film has aged or what we didn't like. And she said, yeah, I'm not sure about the bit where he cuts all her clothes off, though. Yeah, I, yeah. Um. And I said, well, I've never really thought of that, but I suppose. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I've, I've watched this film since I was a kid. So never really thought of it like that. And then as I got, I always thought that was just a cheeky bit for the trailer. And then as I've got older, again, I guess I am a, a bloke. So I've never thought about it in that sense. But as a, a female, what would you think of that scene? Is it in poor taste? Has it aged poorly? Or is it just a cheeky bit of banter, sexiness? I don't think it was in poor taste necessarily. I think a lot of the time, especially when you're looking back, because we've we've obviously come a long way in these past couple of decades in terms of understanding that maybe women don't want to be objectified all the time. Who'd have thought? I know, crazy, right? <laughs> I don't, like, I wouldn't blame the film for it. I don't, I didn't feel like I did blame the film for it. It's just a product of your time. It's like, oh, well, he's got a blade. Let's see if he can slice her clothes off yeah. and she'll look like she's enjoying it. And it's like, ha, 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 isn't everyone having fun? But it's, it didn't put me off the film. It didn't, like, I didn't, I didn't think they were really trying to do it to objectify her. It was more... In in kind of in line with the silliness and the whole pantomime feel of it and yeah. sort of just how silly it is, really. It's it not, wasn't like it was sort of being serious and kind of, you know, heartfelt and poignant and then they threw that in. They've set it up as a bit of a romp. It's not, so it's not something that you, like, it wouldn't offend you. No, or... it's not. And it's not even being offended. It's just kind of seeing things and recognising, oh, that isn't okay. It's a you, little bit of objectification, isn't it? It, it is, yeah, definitely. And you don't want to... You don't want young people growing up watching films like that to think, oh, I'm a woman, so I guess I must just be okay when something like that happens to me. Or, yeah. you know, but again, films are not there to be, you know, teachers, are they? Think, it's entertainment. Do you think they could get away with that now? In a specific context, I think. Yeah, in a more um, upbeat kind of... Or, or just kind of pointing fun at it and in a satirical way and just kind of showing that it's... It's funny when you're doing something like that to say, oh, isn't it funny how we used to do that? Yeah. Isn't it funny how we used to objectify women? Isn't it bad how we used to think? And now we definitely don't. Do, I mean, obviously, we definitely don't do that. But in context of specific Wouldn't films. Wouldn't cut a woman's clothes yeah. off with a sword, to be <laughs> it's fair. It's a skill, man. He's yeah. obviously been training for that. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, it's not easy. I think if, if you do it now, you could do. you could easily just, you could do it with both of them. Yeah, if he got his kit off as well. Yeah, you could either do it where one of them does it to the other earlier in the film, then later on they do it, or yeah. you could do it where they both do it to each other by mistake, or I suppose. Because it kind of starts with them both doing it. Mm -hmm. They both cut each other's 
clothes off and that's like that's okay it's mm. a cheeky bit of i'm cutting your sleeve and i'm cut and then obviously he bests her in the fight and then literally voyeuristically stands back and like cuts purposely cuts her clothes off mm. and that's probably where it strays into a, a little bit of voyeurism and kind of that's yeah. not okay because it's not both of them anymore it's, it's just not both her of them. yeah was there anything else you kind of uh he didn't particularly like i don't think well well thinking about it really so i wasn't always 100 percent clear about what was going on and who who was who and what everybody's role was as the characters. So mm. some of the, like, general types, you know, not as in general, you know, in the army sort of thing, the, the commanders of yeah. their ranks. There's a lot those of, guys. There's a lot of guys in in toffish suits sitting around tables. That's the thing, they're, a, all, a lot of they're all dressed so similarly. They're so all it's like, right, same. who's this guy? Who's this one? So I wasn't always up to date with why things were happening who was kind of revolting against who, who's the enemy. But it didn't it didn't dampen my enjoyment of it, I don't think. And like you said, if it's not really going for that, it's not really there yeah. for the finer detail. It's it's more for, for the fun of it it's and not, for the action. It's not a film you watch and come away going, well, it's highly historically inaccurate. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you... yeah, exactly. So obviously it is this big, fun, theatrical romp and, and you kind of feel like, you sort of feel like it would be suitable for all ages if you looked at it at its surface because mm -hmm. it's kind of like just classic superhero it's movie. PG. It's... Yeah, yeah. But within one of the opening scenes, someone does cocaine, like right on screen, and you so rarely see drug use. So it's one of the it's, um, it's one of the commanders, the, the main bad guy. Yeah, he like takes snuff, doesn't he? So I don't know if it would be at what we know as cocaine, but but I suppose it's just that's an interesting point. I didn't think that. Is it cocaine though, or is, takes, it, is it? I think it would be. I think it would be like an early what it what it became, yeah, like yeah. some sort of either opium or. I mean, I don't know. It, it's something, isn't it? You see them in historical films. They take a little tiny, little mm. teeny spoon, and they take a. It is a white powder. Mm. I don't know enough about like. 18th century drug use. Oh, don't you? I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, sorry, um, but I, I'd never noticed that before. Actually, I suppose, and the fact I've seen this film, I must have seen this film over 20 times, and mm -hmm. I've never, no, never thought anything of that. So I suppose maybe that goes some way to answering the question of is does that is that a does that make it not family friendly? But you are right in a more. In, an, in, a, in, in the age we're in now where information is more readily available, perhaps someone at the right age might go, is he sniffing coke? Mm. Like two minutes into a PG film. Well, and it's because I thought I was in for, I don't know if childish is the right word, but child friendly, I suppose. Yeah. Like kind of almost a Disney-esque sort of thing is what I thought I was going to yeah, yeah. get. And then he's doing that about a minute into the film. And I was like, oh, maybe not. Maybe this <laughs> is more grown up than I, I gave it credit for. And then some of the violence would suggest yeah. it, that as well. There was a moment, there's a moment where all these blokes are stuck to these cacti and their dicks are on the cacti. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I, th I think I think you see their dicks. I think... You see their asses. You see their asses. So no it's one's hanging down. Because you see like, but... like untanned ass. Yeah. But you don't yeah. see no dong. Yeah, no dong, unfortunately. No dong. But the, uh, Maybe in the director's stuck. cut where there's coke flying everywhere well, and cock, yeah. <laughs> cock and ball are plenty. But yeah, so they're all stuck to those cacti and I thought that was quite sort of, it's funny, but it's also gruesome at the same time. It's so cartoony that, isn't it? Cacti, like having, yeah, having them all yeah. like stuck to a cactus. Taking aside what you've said in terms of the cocaine thing, <laughs> the objectification of Catherine Cita-Jones 
I accept that. I get that. It's not aged well. However, I couldn't think of anything that I really disliked about this film. Mm -hmm. So I had a look at the critical perception, mm -hmm. as we usually do. Before we go on to what it actually got, I wanted to have a look at what the critics actually said. So we can kind of say whether they're right or wrong. This will give you an idea of what it did score, but we'll come on to that. So the bad reviews, one of them says this, the story is not important. The clash of swords, the leaps and the tumbles. It's all very nice, but after 136 minutes, it becomes a bit much. I just think, like, get a bit of joy in your life, man. <laughs> it's like, too much fun. I enjoyed it too yeah, much. <laughs> I, I, there was too much sword fighting. Too much going like, on, yeah. Like if, I just want a blank screen for 30 minutes. <laughs> if you're not into sword fighting and swashbuckling, the fuck are you watching Mask of Zorro for? I know he's a critic and it's his job. But, <laughs> like... I don't know if you can come away from any film like this. It's like coming away from Endgame and be like, there's just too many comic book characters in that film. Yeah. Like, it's not... That's, a, that's for me, that's an invalid point. That's the point. If you could raise... raise if you could make, point out a particular performance, a particular element that you didn't like, but to say there was too much sword fighting and swashbuckling... Well, what's the, what's the point of that? What's the stupid thing to say? There's a word criticism in a film that is about those things. But also, I don't even... Like, I don't think you even have to in, enjoy those things to enjoy the film. Every time I watch a film, I put, like, a different set of eyes on every time. Yeah. Like, consider what the film... What genre is, what it's trying to be, who its audience would be, what the director, what the writers are trying to get across. So I, I can watch a film like that and fully enjoy it because it's like, oh, this is what it's meant to be. It's like when you watch a Disney film and enjoy it, it's like, oh, it's because this is what it's meant to be. It's not that the script is fantastic or that, you know, all the characters are really three-dimensional or whatever. You just enjoy it for what it is, but you've got to put those different eyes on. You can't just, you can't go and watch The Matrix and then go watch The Mask of Zara and expect to see the same fucking thing. Exactly. I mean, are there similarities? Probably. <laughs> a hero rising yeah. to the ranks. Fight scenes. You always have to bring Keanu Reeves into Can't it. Can't help it. Only one episode in. Saz. What happened again? So we'll move on to the actual critical reception. And we used to say, we don't put numbers on it. But that kind of felt stupid because we are literally putting numbers on it by looking at Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb. It's all about numbers, man. So... You haven't seen The Critical Reception. I haven't. We're going to do our best for you to not see it. I'm going to try. I'm so going to try every time. People might, well, hopefully you have not seen The Critical Reception. What do you think it gets, roughly? Okay, so... Uh, if I was just going off... So if you think about the genre, I suppose that could be quite divisive and it might not be some people's cup of tea because it is very heavily that thing. Like, it's not kind of, you're not going to get your sci-fi jollies from it. You're not really going to get your Some thriller jollies. Some people might think it's too much. Some people, Maybe. like the guy said, that would think it's too much. But if you do think it's too much, it isn't for you. Yeah, exactly. So if I... So I would probably give it... Oh, I don't want to upset you, Josh. Like, oh, maybe goodness. maybe a high six or a low seven. I So I don't know if I'd watch it again. <laughs> this is it. I'm just here for one episode now I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I reckon I would say a six. No, I'll say seven. Bang on, 7.0. So you're pretty close. Okay. So it gets on IMDb a 6.7. Okay. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it gets a 7, 72% from the audience and 82% at, uh, from the critics. So I suppose that evens out about seven and a half or whatever. Yeah, 82 time, man. So do you think that's fair, overrated, underrated? So I think, I think the IMDb score is, is pretty much there. 
You're about right. Yeah. That's fine. So why... You, you're obviously proper pumped up about this film. Yeah. You love it. I do. Yeah. Why is that? It's difficult to say because this is where we... It's subjective, isn't it? So mm. I have fond memories of it and I mm. take with me all the nostalgia of watching it as a kid, despite the fact that I didn't finish it in the cinema. I guess I'm, I just watched it at the right time and I just love that it's not trying to be anything other than a piece of pure entertainment and I love that and it just hits all the right notes for me in terms of the action scenes. I think as much as the script is cheesy, don't really care about that. Performances are great. I think it's takes you on, you know, creates a, a, a great little world. I can't really say anything beyond that other than I just like it. I think it's underrated, I suppose. It would be fair to say that actually I think it's underrated in a context that it's never remembered, it's never talked about. In the same breath as those other films. When people yeah. talk about these great blockbusters of the late 90s, like The Matrix or The Mummy, it's never remembered. And I think it's in there with great blockbusters. So mm. you have great, great films, your Citizen Kane, your Godfathers, but you also have great films which are there to entertain, like Terminator 2 and... Um, Speed, another Keanu Reeves oh, film. Speed, the brilliant. Matrix. Again, if you if you're going more modern, obviously the MCU films are, are there to entertain as well as bring characters to life. And I think it's in that group. Not necessarily the MCU. That's something else. But I think it's in the vein of great blockbusters. You go in, you sit down, you get entertained, you feel good, you come away, you've had that escapism, and that's what it is. So I suppose I suggested it in the sense that it's underrated. I don't think, I'm not sitting there thinking, this should have smashed Best Picture. Yeah, it should be 10 I'm, out of 10. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it is 10 out of 10. I just think it is a great blockbuster. So in my opinion, it's underrated in that sense mm -hmm. because I, I just think it could be remembered a bit more, bit more favourably. Mm. And I know you say not MCU, but it is. it has got so many of the tropes of a superhero movie. Like, it's the guy who wants to train up. They've got this kind of master-student relationship that leads to kind of humour and some really poignant moments. And then he goes on to succeed and win the girl and do all the things that he wanted to do. And, of course, for people who don't know, Zorro is the main influence for Batman. Is that true? He is the main influence for Batman. I mean, I could totally see that. Exactly. Totally. Which is what's... All in black which, as well. Which is... Um, what they're supposedly watching at the cinema when they leave and Martha and Thomas Wayne are shot. But oh, really? it's usually changed. Martha! Yeah. <laughs> so, that being said, have I won you round to underseen corner? Not underse underrated corner, underrated avenue. Would you say that it, regardless of the rating, is it something that could be remembered a bit more favourably? Is this a film that you'd show your kids and be like, let's have a good old time? I'm You're going to say no, I'm aren't sure. you? Well, I, I was trying to think about it and give a really sort of careful and considered answer. And I'm just thinking of some of the scenes, like some of the scenes I really did enjoy. And when they're blowing up the gold mine and stuff, that's fantastic. Like you get so many shots of these brilliant pyrotechnics and everything's like blowing up and that. And some of the script is very funny. And the setting is great and the location's great. There was just something missing for me, I think. And I really? don't really know why. I might have been, because Catherine Zeta-Jones was doing a Spanish accent, sometimes I find that really distracting when someone's uh, yeah, obviously doing true. not their own accent. Um, 
But there was nothing that I hated about it. Would you at least agree with me that it is a great blockbuster that is not all often held up with other great blockbusters? I would definitely give you that. I think if you're talking about those kind of films, this definitely, definitely has a place there. And if you're saying that it was like one of the main inspirations for Batman, I mean, surely it needs to be considered in that regard as well. So we'll say it is underrated. Let's go. Let's say we agree in terms of it's a great underrated blockbuster. But I, I know what you mean. Those, those ratings are about, I'd say that's slightly low. I'd, I'd put it like with the critics at like eight. But, of course you would. <laughs> but I know what you mean in terms of, it's not an award-winning film. I just think it's a great piece of Escapist blockbuster cinema. So there we go. It's a great piece of Escapist blockbuster cinema. We're agreed. Absolutely. I would agree with you on that, 100%. So there we go. We're, our first film of the new continuous series is um, kind of underrated. Um, if we can't agree, we'll just go to a Twitter poll. What do you guys think? Get in touch. Alice, next week it's your turn to pick. What are we going with? So we're going to be watching Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Has that got Keanu Reeves in it? It has, but I promise this was an accident. <laughs> the film, honestly, the film came into my head as one that I should definitely do. And then I was like, oh shit, fucking Keanu's in it as You're well. a Reeves-aholic. Uh, no, no, I'm getting getting better, I promise. <laughs> so, um, thank you very much for joining me for the first episode. One of many, hopefully. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you, you're on all the usual places. I'm all over the place. Just Alice Oliver, uh, Alice Oliver TV on Twitter, Alice Rian O on Instagram, just Alice Oliver on Facebook. Yeah, give me a follow, give me a like. So uh, there we go then. Um, as I said at the start of the episode, we'd love to hear from you. So do get in touch. What did you think of The Mask of Zorro? Do you agree with me or are you wrong like Alice? <laughs> um, so it's films on that pod uh, at gmail.com again if you've got any films you want to suggest to us uh, drop us a line and we will be certainly looking to do some list of suggestions later on uh, in a couple of weeks or so um, we're on Twitter we're on Facebook it's at films underscore that on Twitter and films and that pod uh, on Facebook and Instagram Alice thank you very much for joining me thank you so much for having me uh, it's goodbye from me and cheerio we'll see you next week bye The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.